There are approximately a half a million students in the Los Angeles Unified School District, and a lot of these students do not have access to internet, a computer, or other materials needed to complete online school. Misty Kemmer, a teacher in South Los Angeles, reported to the Los Angeles Times that only three out of her 28 students could complete their schoolwork on an online platform. This has really become the startling reality in the world of education due to the coronavirus forced school closures. Thousands of students are unaccounted for each day, and their whereabouts are unknown, but could be due to a variety of reasons. But even before the coronavirus, there were clear inequities between schools and students regarding wealth and opportunities. But during this time of crisis, the lack of resources that public schools have access to is even more evident. With all of that being said, Measure EE, a measure that would help raise money for public schools to provide more resources, should be passed in all districts in the LA County. In order to understand why I believe Measure EE should be passed, and in turn, public schools receive more funding, I will outline a few points. First, I will talk about the background of the measure. Then I will explain my experience with the LME family of schools and in my community-based learning. And finally, I will close with how the lack of resources and opportunities affects students in the present and the future. Measure EE was created to help the budget complications that LAUSD schools face, but it has received a lot of pushback. According to Howard Bloom in an article in the LA Times, the measure would increase property taxes to raise an estimated $500 million annually for Los Angeles public schools over the course of 12 years. So you might be thinking to yourself, if this measure gives additional funding for public schools, who would disagree with that? But in June of 2019, the measure was rejected as it only received 45% of the vote. As previously cited, Bloom illustrates the opposition and those who challenge further funding. The opposition includes taxpayer organizations and local business groups who primarily care for their own companies rather than the surrounding community. In terms of the future of the measure, the district is in the process of rebranding it in order to get it passed for the 2020 presidential election. Now that I have discussed the basics of my chosen measure, I will talk about my experience with my community-based learning. I volunteered at Westport Heights Elementary School in their College Bound for Kids after school program. There were 12 students in the program and three of which had special needs. On my first day, I was expected to work alone with the students with special needs while the supervisor worked with the other students. I was hesitant about this responsibility because I had no prior training with kids with special needs. And this was really the first time that I had experienced the lack of resources in a school as the program did not have an aid to work with the children because there wasn't enough money in the budget to hire one. After only volunteering once, the students that I had worked with already formed an attachment. This supports the claim that Maurice J. Elias makes in the connection between social-emotional learning and learning disabilities. He highlights that many special needs children have difficulty forming social relationships, so it is essential that they find an emotional connection with their teachers, specialists, aides, if not with their parents and peers. Special needs students are just one group that need additional funding for their programs. Other groups include what Contreras and Fujimoto from the University of San Diego call high-needs students, which consist of English language learners, foster youth, and economically disadvantaged students. With this in mind, it is needed to provide more money for marginalized students 
in order to improve student achievement. Although allocated budgets are provided, the funds still do not give students equal opportunities because the distribution is for the whole district and not to meet individual needs. My final point is that the funding that just meets the threshold of adequacy is still not enough and highly impacts the overall lasting effect that the lack of funding brings. Many people believe that if schools have an adequate amount of resources, then they are given the right amount of funding. Dr. Vivian Ikpa from Temple University argues against this claim as she completed research and found that although school districts receive money from various sources, funding is frequently inadequate in terms of reaching the capacity to meet the needs of students. Jeff Rakes and Linda Darling-Hammond from the Learning Policy Institute agree with this, as they say, inadequate school funding derails the future for students already struggling against the odds, which emphasizes disparities that harm society as a whole by reducing young people's capacity to contribute to society. From these statistics and examples, you can see the overall impact that the lack of funding has on these students and how Measure EE could fix some of these issues. Perhaps public schools do not receive enough funding, which is directly affecting students in our own communities. In fact, although California educators are attempting to pass measures that will increase this budget, it is still being challenged by business owners. The lack of funding is still not enough, especially for low-wealth districts who do not receive as much money to begin with. Ultimately, the Los Angeles Unified School District and its funds directly impact approximately a half a million students, and this is even more evident with the coronavirus shutdowns. These students will become our future community members, so our school systems should provide the means to produce those educated future leaders. Thank you for listening.